Bodie. Now we got something started. Lammers brings the hammer. <clears throat> All right, and we're live with another episode of Shooting the Bull. Guest today, we got Bodie Lammers. Howdy, howdy. And uh, co-host for this podcast today is Bracken White. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. You bet. Um, let's, the let's do introductions real quick. Um, Bodie, Bodie's a bareback rider. Went to Tarleton with him. Um, now he's in the professional ranks of world rodeo. Um, how's it feeling getting out of college, getting rodeo kind of full time now? Man, it's pretty exciting. Like I initially, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. Um, and like the summer of twenty one when I graduated, I took off and had a bunch of luck, and I was like, just went north and went to all them big rodeos and had some luck and just had fun doing it and then that was kind of when I realized like heck I can make a living doing this and this is what I want to do so I stuck with it and had some ups and downs last year you know got hurt uh during July had to go home midway through July and didn't what rodeo happened? for three months uh, I had some bulging discs in my neck Ooh. yeah like so it started over the fourth actually we were in St. Paul and uh, had a really good horse showed up was pretty excited about it and um like probably fifth jump out there like my uh my free arm just went numb and like i blacked out and then came to about seven seconds and like tried to finish the ride got like jumped off didn't get off on the picket man and i could not get up like i couldn't put my hands under myself to get myself up and i was like something's weird that that ain't right you know and so i went sports med iced it and we were actually up in rodeo that afternoon, um, ended up turning out of that rodeo, and then went to Eugene that night, and got on in Eugene, it was fine. I doctored out, or turned out of the rodeo I was in the next day, and then I drove to Vernal, Utah, and um, was up in Vernal a couple days later, went to Vernal, same thing happened, went numb, I was like, something ain't right. And so, took a couple days off, VI'd out of Estes Park, and then went from Estes Park to... Uh, Laramie. I had a really good horse in Laramie. He'd been to the finals. You know, they won a lot of money on her. And I was like, well, if I'm going to be 100% healthy, I want to be healthy for that one. And so I went and got on her. Same deal. Just like second jump, free arm, not good. And so went to Casper a couple days later. Had a pretty nice horse drawn there. And I asked, I went to Sports Med before just to get kind of worked on and kind of figure some stuff out. Did some stuff with my neck roll. I got on and um, my neck was fine. Nothing, none of that stuff bothered me. But I went back and I was like, you know, I think I'm just going to take a 10 day, go home, get an MRI, figure out what's wrong, and then come back for Cheyenne. So I took a 10 day. I went home, got the MRI, um, took a couple days, and Sean Scott, who's down in Marble Falls, um, he was the guy that helped Tilden with all his neck problems and stuff. He looked at my neck and was like, you know, um, you got some bulging discs and that's what's causing it it's pressing your spinal cord so that's what's causing your hand to go numb you know or your arm you know loose feeling in your arm essentially and so he said you can potentially still ride with it but if it gets worse and you rupture one of those discs you're gonna have to have surgery and surgery he said you sit out year and a half two years you know just for everything to get back normal I was like you know I don't really want to do that so I took the executive decision sat home for three months you know and it kind of sucked because that's big time of year and, you know it was my rookie year so i was like well heck i want to win the rookie want to make the finals but i you know was trying to be smart and just went home and 
hung out and ended up getting engaged during that time. So it, it worked out pretty good. Went home and fell in love. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. pretty much it. That's pretty much it, you know. Um, all right, so and then before we get too deep, whatever, let's introduce our co-host, Bracken. Um, I met you through Jay at Bull Camp. Yeah, met where Charlton. We, where we live in Stephenville. Tell kind of like, you know, like, I guess your background real quick. You know, like, you know. Yeah, no, I, me and Jay Jensen grew up in Stanford. Both went to college, different colleges our freshman year. I was at Baylor and Jay's Harden Simmons. We talked about how much we weren't really getting out of the college experience what we wanted. We went, kind of changed our minds about how we wanted to do things and ended up both going to Stephenville. Uh, met Riley while Jay was college rodeoing. Uh, we probably met at Lubbock at the Halloween rodeo, that the rodeo that Halloween weekend. Got drunk out there, and from then on, <laughs> we've been pretty good buddies. <laughs> I mean, Riley transferred from Cisco after that, and while we, I was at Tarleton still, and ended up living in campers next to each other, being neighbors. and uh, At the bull camp. Yeah, raising, raising buck and bulls for uh, K-5? Is that what? KC. KC buck and bulls. Junior. Yeah. I guess it's still KC, but yeah, junior. A bunch of those bushwhacker calves. And uh, did that for last couple of years until I graduated. That's how I, I mean you really got bet, and that's how I met Lammers too. We practiced pins pr- first time I met Lammers. We were up there, at Tarleton practice one day, and meeting everybody and go out to the bar after that. Mm-hmm. Bodie, what do you think? You talked, we talked a little bit on patio earlier, but you know, kind of tell how how you got to Tarleton rodeo. So I actually, I you know, my I didn't grow up rodeoing. Like we, I rodeoed when I was little. Like so, I, I'm from Idaho. You know, that's where mom and dad raised i was born in idaho and they rodeoed dad rode bulls mom ran barrels and um i guess in 2000 family moved to texas dad you know he's going to vet school went down to a&m i live in college station and we just played team sports growing up like at baseball football basketball that's all we did and like we ride horses and stuff you know so it's not like i wasn't a part of the western industry or that lifestyle but i was more so focused on being a kid and playing team sports, didn't rodeo. And then I guess it was 2014, um, I was watching The American, and they were talking about Clint Cannon. And uh, they were like, this guy played four years of college football before he got on a bareback horse. And I was kind of like, wow. You know, like, this guy played college football. That's what I want to do is play college football. But I was like, it just something about it was appealing to me, you know. So in the back of my mind, like, I was still playing, I think I was junior in high school, and so I was still playing football and whatnot and then um with but that in the back of my mind i was like bareback riding things are cool so you know want to play college football want to play college football we ended up going to solar ross play football and then um the surveys while i was out there they put on that ace high school in lubbock or sorry not lubbock odessa and i went out to odessa and got on i don't know seven horses i guess that weekend never been never even been on a spur board but never been on nothing, <laughs> never been really? on nothing. yeah i mean okay. i've been on a saddle horse but like i had i just i was like there's only one way to figure out if you really want to do it. Just yeah. do it, you know. Jump That's in. That's how you decided to find out. Exactly. And so I went, I borrowed a rig and borrowed a glove. There's a guy in Weatherford I know that let me borrow all of his stuff. And so borrowed it, went out there. First two horses I get on just back door, just pew, pew, out the back door. You know, and the second one I got on, she double burrowed me right in the back into the bucking chutes, you know. And I was like, man, this is freaking awesome. Like, <laughs> I was kind of sick, you know, thinking about it. Like, it's nice. kind of a little messed up. It's like, the heck you want to do this for? But. For whatever, I don't know if it was just like, just something about it, like the adrenaline, you know, I was like, heck yeah, I think this is thing for me. So I went back, finished playing college football that season and uh, decided, you know, Tarleton's a lot closer to the house, like they've got a good rodeo program, like why not just transfer there and 
rodeo for Tarleton. So that's, I mean, long story short, that's how I ended up there. And uh, so where did you meet Mark? I met Mark. So I showed up at practice pen one day. Um, they were out there bucking horses, and I just went up and talked to him, kind of told him my story, like, I said, so Ross, you know. And he asked me if I rodeoed out there. I said, no, I was actually playing football out there, but I transferred back and, you know, wanted to see if I'd come get on some bareback horses. He's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. So so originally, like, whenever like, you started going out there practicing, he put you on the team, you used to go to the rodeos, or, like, were you just some guy practicing out there? Pretty much just some guy practicing out there. You know, like, I was going to school, but I didn't go to any of the rodeo meetings. Like, I just show up to practice on Wednesdays. So how'd it go then? Like, I guess Mark started liking what he saw. And he's I, like, hey, man, why don't you put on the vest? I don't, honestly, I don't really know how that all came about. Like, I got on a couple practice horses out there, and then um, that next year rolled around, and I know something about the rodeo meeting he told me about it and i was like oh perfect so you know i went to the first rodeo meeting of the year and joined up you know and decided i was going to be a part of the tarleton rodeo team what um looking back now you know kind of you've, you've been pro rodeo now for a couple of years what do you think like the college rodeo what, what toll or effect did it play into your career it was huge you know just because i didn't rodeo in high school and i didn't rodeo growing up but the college deal like it was a way to hone my craft essentially or figure out you know like just perfect what i was doing because when i first started getting on like i had no idea like you know you got guys like and it was cool because i went to school with guys like cody lamb and then um linden woods was there tyler burgess guys like that that really helped me out a lot and um you know kind of helped me learn the ropes and you know like because and then we started doing like on Tuesdays we'd get on spurboard, get on bucket machine, watch film, and it's like they'd help me, you know, tell me things I needed to do and just correct it. And then finally one day it it all clicked and you know it just has all been down. How much? Um, I guess like when? What time do you say like things started clicking for you? Because I remember like you know it wasn't just Tuesdays you were spending a lot of time watching film on spurboard. Yeah. We you know we'd go out and act like you know hoodlums yeah and, um, you'd, always, right. you'd always be at the house you know like on your spur board like you know you never come out and you know indulge in those activities yeah um i don't know like and i and i just that i i realized it was something that i wanted to do and i didn't want to do it and just be average at it like be like one of those guys that's like why is he even still doing it you know like i just i really wanted to ride bareback horses and i really wanted to get good at riding bareback horses yeah. you know so i spent a lot of time doing that just because like when you don't know going into it like never really been on any live animals it's like you kind of have to figure it out somehow and i think getting on spur board watching film just figuring it out that way you know yeah the spur board it's um it's pretty much just you know grinding we talked about the other night grinding your basics in but it's that's a pretty safe way to do it i'd say mm-hmm. yeah absolutely get a lot of reps in without beating yourself up yeah what happened when you you talk about blacking out you just ragged on on that horse when your nerve damage started happening in your discs i don't know like i i'm not really sure what i think it just that spinal cord like it just everything went numb and it like went black for a couple seconds when you go back and watch that tape what does that look like in those middle like, four seconds when you're just out <laughs> i was just hanging to her like oh you even, weren't it wasn't like your body you weren't still right no like it started off really good and i was like oh yeah come here you i got your number and then uh-huh. all of a sudden just whack and then it was like just stiff you know it's like what is he doing and then i was like i come to and i tried to get back and maybe spur one more jump yeah you know but it like there in the middle it was just like i was just hanging on to her jeez dude and you're 100 percent now yes sir yeah no we're all good 100 percent now how's 2023 been going for you man it started off really good like winter was really good i guess i should say i shouldn't say the whole winter but denver was really good 
had a little luck in Fort Worth, and then after that, it just kind of dropped off. Like, it just been slow. Yeah. You know, like, I won a few checks here and there, but nothing serious. Like, but, you know, I haven't drawn all that great, but, you know, I, there's some stuff I needed to tweak in my riding, which was probably a good thing. And I didn't rodeo near as hard this winter as I did last winter. And I think part of that, just trying to keep my body healthy, keep my neck, you know, 100%. So You had any problems out of your neck? No, knock on wood, you know, I haven't. That's good. So it's it's been good. Um, but yeah, like it, you know, like I said, tweak some stuff in riding style. And when I went to Red Bluff, actually, it was kind of the first time I felt like I'm back to 100%. Yeah? yeah. What happened at Red Bluff? Just, I drew a really good horse, and I felt like I made a really good spur ride. So it just, you know, get the ball rolling from there. And yeah. the month of May will just be circuit rodeo. But once June rolls around, it's going to, things are going to heat up, kick off, and be going. So I, it'll be good. In the thick of it then, huh? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Are you staying up there after Reno, or are you kind of? I think I'll probably stay up there after Reno, just because everything kind of moves that way. So you're not um, you're on like Pecos in that weekend. Ah man, <laughs> I've never had any luck at Pecos. I've been to it a couple times. Probably won't give that one a go this year, just because piss on it, you know. That's what me and Brody were talking about one time. Brody was telling me we were on the back of Tucson. He was just talking. I was listening, and he said that man, there's just certain places that. Like that's you know you're comfortable there and you do good and every year you can count on I'm gonna mm-hmm. win a check when I go there yeah and there's some places total opposite you're like I just don't do good there yeah so you know if you don't if you don't why are you gonna go waste your money like, yeah maybe, maybe exactly. that's not your spot it's just, it could be maybe Pecos isn't the place for me you yeah. know maybe I need to go to Springdale Arkansas instead you know I don't know <laughs> uh, well you got any places that you really do like going like your favorite rodeos kind of that you like hey man like that's my honey hole I always like here. I don't know like Cheyenne I say Cheyenne like and everybody says Cheyenne but. My first year, so on my permit that summer, I went to Cheyenne, um, made it out of the long round in Cheyenne, made the semifinals, made it out of the semifinals. I ended up like fourth or fifth in the short round, you know, and I had did not expect that to happen. Like I drew, I drew pretty okay at Cheyenne, like in the long round and stuff. But that's probably one of my favorite rodeos to go to, and I feel like you know I really wanted to go back last year because I had a really good horse drawn, but I ended up having to doctor out, which I was like, dang it. And they ended up being 84 and a half or 85 on that horse I had. So I was like, you know, just. Yeah. But like I said, like long term, it's it's better. You know, like now yeah. you're healthy. You don't have to have that surgery where you lay off, you know, a year or two. Exactly. It was, you know, year. And it was good. Yeah. <clears throat> Overall, it's a lot less bareback I've missed. What kind of PT was it get your neck going again? Man, so they, they gave me this traction collar, which it was it like you put it around your neck. It looks like a neck brace, but you pump it up with air. And it just helps stabilize. It's kind of essentially getting in one of those inversion tables for your back it's yeah. essentially the same thing like it just helps align everything and keep it straight you know yeah and also i started i did some research so i took a supplement it's called bcp 157 okay. it's a branch chain peptide so it's a peptide and it's produced in your body like it's produced in your gut but they um like people my dad actually he talked to a guy that was in the armed forces and ended up having like a bunch of damage to like his bicep or something you know like and it pretty much that guy took injections of it and it helped him with like muscle regrowth and stuff like that and so i was like you know maybe i need to get on something like that just to help with inflammation and just help you know because really the main thing i mean i i think so like i took it you know for two months i guess two months and then and I didn't do the injection deal. I just, it was a little capsule you put on your tongue, let it dissolve type of deal. But I, I did that for two months. And I mean, 
I would. I guess I should go get an MRI and see how it looks now to to really tell you. But I. Yeah. I, I mean, in my mind, it worked. For sure. You well, know, you're not having any. Yeah, but in the PT too, like I would do strengthening stuff, like stretching it, and then um, I ended up buying a iron neck, which is like a head I've seen on. some videos of it lately. Yeah, it was a head harness, you know, and you band and you sit there and do your neck exercises, like oh yeah, extension, no flexion, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, no, it's I, pretty. I, I've never talked to anybody that's used one. Really? That, well, there's a couple about. different ones. Uh, there's one that's called an iron neck, and it looks like a big old saucer you put around your head, but it's like five hundred dollars or something kind of mm. astronomical. Yeah. And uh, that iron neck's only like eighty bucks. And uh, Sean Reedy, who's a guy that works works for Justin Sports Medicine and does stuff he's like man i'd recommend the iron neck just because it's a heck of a lot cheaper and it's a lot you know more convenient and you can do a lot more stuff with it so i was like heck yeah so i bought that and that's kind of that was my pt for it that sounds like the way to go what do you do like um as far as like workouts and stuff i mean you're, i mean if anybody can see buddy anybody's ever seen buddy's in phenomenal shape dude, so <laughs> pretty dang like a little gorilla yeah. <laughs> but um like what do you do like you know stay tuned up like, man so I get, I get on the spur board a lot like when i'm home like i try to ride the spur board a couple times a day like I mean, usually I'll ride it before I work out, like I kind of my pre-workout stuff. But I do a lot of CrossFit type exercises just because it's, you know, high volume, high intensity, you know. Like, and two, some of them workouts don't take super long. It's like, you only got to take 30 minutes of your day, you know, and then you can go do whatever the heck you want. But And that probably helps a lot. I can do bareback riding, you know, because bareback riding, it's short, high intensity for, mm-hmm. you know, 10 yeah, or 15 exactly. seconds probably. Yeah. And I feel like it does correlate, you know. And there's and there's different movements too, like that you kind of sub in there, like do stuff to kind of help with your bareback riding. Because for bareback riding, you kind of have the strong core is pretty much the key. I feel like your base of everything. You have to have a strong core in order to ride bareback horses. How much of that three months when you were out were you just itching to get back on? Horses? Oh man, it's like so. I honestly I didn't get on Instagram, didn't even watch the Cowboy Channel for like those three months, just because. I was like, I mean, nothing against the guys that are at rodeo, and it's like, good for them. Like, heck, yeah, doing well. But it's like, I just didn't want to see it because I wasn't a part of it. Knew you couldn't and, do and it. knew I couldn't do it. Exactly right. So I just, you know, didn't really. I worked out, you know, and I actually spent a lot of time at College Station when my fiance was living down there. So I got to spend a lot of quality time with her, I guess. So it was kind of a blessing in disguise. Yeah. You know, very, now, especially now it's going to be lady getting married congratulations yep. well, thank you mrs lambers yeah, yeah. my buddy got engaged the other day <laughs> miss hammer you're dang right yeah no hopefully she's excited about it i i know i am but no i think it was good like those three months kind of sit there and just and make you crave bareback riding make you crave being out on the road and just the whole aspect of rodeo you know because sure, when it's like in a split second it's taken away from you and you can't do it do what you love you know yeah. it's, you're passionate for yeah it's like a you know an addiction like anytime you try to quit you know you just Bill Riley over here struggling with getting off the old snuff train. Yeah, I quit the snuff the other day, but quit the snuff. <clears throat> it ain't too bad. <laughs> no, I, guess, I don't know. These little nicotine pouches I take, they aren't as good. But I mean, I'll hold you over. <laughs> it's I don't really like we're talking about. You know, like whenever I, I told myself I was going to quit, like that's that, that was in print, it was in ink, and I ain't changing doing it. it. Yeah, we ain't arguing about it. So my, as bad it. as I want it, don't matter. We ain't doing it. <clears throat> so how'd you how'd you meet your old lady? So, I guess NFR 2020 is in Texas, COVID deal. Uh, me and my brother and a buddy, we went to the rodeo that night, decided we was going to go hang out in the stockyards, you know, just just, just cool, just cowboy stuff. What do they call it? Um, something alley? Or? Uh, Mule alley is what they call it, but it was it was just there on exchange. And, uh, exchange, that's that main road that runs right by the Coliseum? Yeah, okay. yeah. So, we went down there and... Um, you know, we were standing in line to go to Cadillacs, 
and uh, we stood in line for a while, and the line wasn't really moving, but the line for Longhorn Saloon right across the road, it was fairly shorter, and it was moving a lot faster, so the we the noticed just as cold yeah exactly and <laughs> yeah. we noticed these girls went and got in line over there so me and my buddy were like heck let's go stand in line over there so my brother stayed in line at cadillacs and i was like well if this line we get in before you just come over here with us you know yes. so me and my buddy we uh, we go get in line behind those girls and we're standing there and this bottle i don't even know where it come from but it starts rolling down the sidewalk there and um like the, a beer bottle yeah and the girl in front of us she picked it up and I was like oh you got the COVID better watch out and she turned around and I didn't she said something I can't remember what it was but something smart I'm sure and uh she introduced herself said hi I'm Sydney Borders and I was like hi I'm Bodie Lammers and we just got to small talking there and uh we ended up going into the bar and we just kind of bs all night hung out actually took her on the dance floor a couple of times showed her my moves you know <laughs> and then just kind of hit it off from there and started talking texting back and forth and whatnot and then I went down probably January down to College Station to see her and went, took her on a date and whatnot and had a good time and then it just kind of escalated from there. But um, Real quick, I just want to, like earlier you said, you know, growing up, growing up you played all the sports. Um, on the dance floor and the basketball court is a place that if Bodie's on, there needs to be a camera going. <laughs> Why, do you but, ball on the basketball court or something? No, just, I mean, I ain't balling. I, I wouldn't consider him the most, you know, it's like a bull in China. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's exactly right. Like, I'm throw, like, throwing elbows. Hell yeah. We're getting in the trenches, the you know. The going to drive the paint. Oh, yeah. You're dang right. <laughs> there's um, there's so many, like, and it, it doesn't make me mad, but it's, like, not, it's sort of a pet peeve, I guess. It's, like, people who play basketball, and they foul out all the time, like, and they want to just, well, I'm just too rough and tough for basketball. I'm like, no, you're not. I'm like, you're like me. You just don't know the rules. You just don't know how to play basketball. You don't know how to play by the rules. I was like, I will readily admit the reason I was no good at basketball is because, like, and I fouled all the time. So I didn't know the rules. Yeah. I was doing the best I could. I was trying to play by it. You know, it wasn't like I was too tough for it. You know, right. We have all these guys that they just don't know the rules and how to play, and they foul out. I'm like, well, I'm just I'm too tough for basketball. Too tough for basketball. Like, no, yeah. <laughs> no, I knew the rules, but I just, I was kind of like you said, bull in China shop. Like, I just, you know. Just kind of clumsy, and well, basketball just wasn't my thing. Like I just wasn't no good. So how many at. years did you play basketball? Yeah, from the time I was little till I was uh, eighth grader. Eighth grade, so yeah. up to high school. Up to high school, yeah. I didn't play in high school. High school I was like, get serious. Yeah, exactly. Going like, to AAU camps and stuff. Yeah, like that. ain't yeah. about that. Then know. everybody, everybody got taller. Everybody jumped higher. Everybody yeah. shot better. I, hey, <laughs> I, I went through growth spurt in seventh grade. Like I was bigger than everybody in middle school, and then in high school, everybody started catching up to me. I was like, yeah, I better just stick with the old football, yeah. baseball. I ain't, I ain't gonna play no more basketball. You said, uh, so, like, but you played all the sports going up and then even college um, football. Whenever you were little, you know, in middle school and stuff like that, did you, like, hey, I want a rodeo later? Or was it kind of not even a factor? No, actually, so, you know, Dad rode bulls, and I was probably a freshman in high school, and I was telling Dad, I was like, man, I want, I want to ride bulls. Like, let's go to get on some bulls. Like, you know, Lyle Sankey put on those Lyle Sankey rodeo schools, and yeah. I told him there's one in New Caney. I was like, let's go down there. I'll get on some bulls, you know. And he's like, well, you know, football coaches probably wouldn't like that. And I was like, yeah, you're probably right, whatever. So I, it kind of got put on the back burner, like I said, until I watched the American in 2014, and then that kind of relit the fire. And I, you know, even looking at colleges for rodeo, that's kind of how I ended up at Sol Ross. Like, I I went on uh, visits to school in Arkansas, school in Tennessee, um, you know, had a couple walk-on spots for D1 schools. But I was like, man, if I go there, I, I dang sure ain't going to be a part of rodeo. Like, it's not even anywhere near here. And so, in my mind, like, I looked at schools with the intentions of kind of being able to fall back on rodeo if this football didn't work out, which I guess maybe that's kind of a bad mindset to have. But 
I guess it was kind of one foot out the door. Like, I wanted to play college football, but rodeo had piqued my interest enough to where that was something that I wanted to do now. Like, that was what I wanted to invest my time in. Well, yeah, and also, you know, like, you're 18 fresh out of high school. You're a young man with life ahead of him. Like, you know, like, if rodeo is something you were interested in, like, yeah, like, it's not like you're not committed by leaving one foot out the door. You're just leaving your options open. Yeah, and that's exactly it, you know. And, and looking back, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. do you regret a single No, not at all. Yeah. No, I mean... You know, maybe maybe um, I would have just went to Tarleton right out of high school and just played football there, which that was kind of really where I wanted to go play football was Tarleton because so close to home. Yeah, exactly that. And then the coach there was really good, and um, he actually ended up getting a job out in West Texas at a school. Um, I think it was like Odessa Permian, like they just restarted the, the high football school. program. Yeah. Um, you know, and I just was like, yeah, I didn't really want to go there and play, but. Tarleton would have been Wait, cool. Odessa Permian the college? Yeah, like Odessa Permian Basin. Odessa, Basin. Oh, okay. Like OTPB, I think is yeah, what Yeah, I thought you were talking was. about Odessa Permian. I was like, that's like, you know, Friday Night Lights, the, the yeah. high school. Well, I, I think like, that's where that college played because they just restarted their football program, so they didn't have a football uh, field. field, so they played at, you know, Ratliff Stadium, like Friday Night Lights type deal. I was thinking um, Permian and Odessa Cooper. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, but no, or Midland Lee, I'm sorry. Midland yeah, Lee, yeah, yeah. They shared, but no, it was, um, it's Abilene. Abilene um, Cooper and Abilene Eagles, they share a field. Yeah, they, they got, do. You know, one end zone. It says Eagles, the other one says whatever, the Cougars. Rebels. Cougars. Cougars, yeah. Cougars, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> That's different. But So what was your um, high school football career like? Like how, how did you go recruiting about get? Man, like it was really good. Like I, you know, I, I wouldn't say I set a bunch of records, but I think I set a few records like tackles in a season. At like, your school? Yeah, tackles in a season. Um, you know, we were state champs my junior year, senior year. Um Ended up getting beat in the semifinals, so that was kind of bittersweet, I guess. I've never kind been of, that far. What is that, the fifth or fourth or fifth round? Oh, uh, shoot. I guess fourth round, I think. I don't know. No, I'm sorry. It's, it, should, it should be fifth. It should be bi-district, area, regionals, semifinals, state, right? I think that's right, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. We, I never been we were deep in the playoffs. All I know is we got beat that last game, and it was, you know, senior year, you want to go out on a high note, but it – it still ended up all right. I ended up going to college, play football, you know, and then ended up actually playing an all-star game, too, my senior year. So that was kind of cool. The FCA deal? Oh, it wasn't FCA. I can't even remember what. Uh, but it, I know it was an all-star game. We played it there in Euless, Texas. Was it, like, between the private leagues? Yeah, yeah. And there was guys from, like, Or Dallas. not private leagues, private schools. Yeah, it was guys from Dallas schools and guys from, like, Lubbock Christian and stuff like that. So kind of guys from all over the place. Shouts out Lubbock Christian. My little brother was student coaching there. They just won state this past year. Is he still, he's still in college though, right? Yeah, he's a student coach. Okay. He's school tech. What's he majoring in? Oh, education. High school coach. <laughs> Taking whatever, following the old footsteps of dad, huh? Fake, <laughs> fake degree plan is go get out and go teach kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Coach what what are, so what did you get your degree in? So I actually got two degrees. I got a master's and a bachelor's. I got my bachelor's in animal science production, and then my master's in ag business. And um, like, what do you? What field were you kind of looking at when you well, chose that? So when I went to Tarleton, I was actually pre-vet because my dad's a vet, and I didn't necessarily want to be a vet, but I didn't know what else I wanted to do. I knew animal science um, was what I wanted to go down, but wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do after college. Thought maybe vet school was for me, but uh, ended up transferring to Tarleton and 
took a couple classes, took that old like organic chemistry, and decided I was like, you know, I just chemistry stuff is tough. Like it, I like it all right, but I just vet school was not necessarily something that was just I really wanted to do inside, and so I decided to just change, you know, just regular animal science production because what really interests me was the re- reproduction stuff like embryo transfer ai and like stuff like that so i really liked like you know the reproductive physiology classes and all that but um and i figured maybe i was like you know change my degree plan not necessarily go to vet school but get a job ai and cows embryo transfer and cows and stuff and then the reason i ended up staying to get my master's is because mark aiken the head coach Tarleton, um, he told me, he's like, well, if you want to stay and get your master's, we'll pay for it. Like, you know, and I was like, well, I hadn't really thought about it, but no, you put it that way. Like, heck, why not? And I, and in my mind, I was like, well, I can sit here and hone my craft better. Um, two more years of college rodeos under my belt and get more, more practice horses and just kind of figure out the ropes a little bit more before I take off and have to go get a real job and, you know, actually go pro rodeo for a living. Yeah, and that's what I noticed. Uh, it was a big change because like, I knew you before, but I think, I'm not going to Cisco, but I think my first year – at Tarleton was when you started your master's program. Yeah, I'm pretty sure and it was. I, like I said, I remember seeing you before on Cisco, and the, the two years that, or the year and a half or whatever it was you spent on your master's, your bareback riding really did. It, it started catching gears and taking off, you know, because, like, whenever I was at Cisco, you were a decent to average bareback rider. Right. And yeah, then literally, did. like, you just, like, once I got there, kind of that master's deal started, it, you could really see you grabbing an extra levels, and yeah. it, and it, I think it worked out great because, like I said, you might not have been ready. Yeah, and that's exactly for, right. not that you weren't ready for a, but you couldn't well, compete. Yeah, no, dang sure at the level have. you are now. Yeah. if you'd have left that it, first, and year, you're one hundred percent right. And that, and I think that just goes back to being able to get on practice horses and having that steady practice every week, where you get on bush, spur board bucking machine, and then you go get on practice horses, watch film, and then college rodeoing on the weekend. Like, yeah, so that I guess you know, like my. June, I guess last two seasons, you know, I wasn't really pro. Like I'd go to some circuit rodeos here and there, like you know. But my main deal was college rodeo. Like I want to focus on making college finals. So I would go, you know, during the week, get on practice horses, and then go college rodeos on the weekends. Maybe go to one pro rodeo, maybe an amateur rodeo. Like if if you could, if it was if you, open, and yeah, available. exactly. If you could sneak away from college rodeo and go, and that I think the main thing that made the big difference was practice horses, Just getting on all the time. Yeah. Um, is it because of the practice sources that Tarleton's got, or maybe so? Like, just I mean, they got an okay pin. Like, I, you know, heck, you get on the same horses every couple weeks. Like, same, I don't know, five horses you've been on a hundred times. Like, go out there and have the same trip. But it just numbers, you know, being able to feel an animal and do match it jump for jump and do what it does. What's the know? repetition? Exactly. Kind of, exactly. Know? Just just, yeah and steady practice too and two at that time i think steiner's like i'd go over there like we'd practice i'd go get on practice horses at steiner's on tuesdays usually go get on during the college practice wednesdays college rodeo thursday maybe go to parody friday come back for a short round on saturday so i was getting on probably shoot six horses a week you know just in practice and college rodeos alone so i think that's probably what made more difference than anything getting on a bunch mm-hmm. yeah, yeah exactly and it and it's like you know they always say when you first start out it's like you just got to get on got to get on but i think once you're to that level where you you know you've been on enough you get on and can actually slow it down and feel it for what you want to do on that horse and then it just you know it just it helps everything click so you feel like that's kind of how it works does it go from just getting on to like getting on with intention 
and then getting on to ride and be good mark like good points. Everything's perfect. Is that kind of the progression that it makes? I think so. Yeah, because like once you first start getting on, like you don't really know what to expect going into it. I think you know it's just like okay, you're gonna nod your head and then it's just all gonna, you're gonna blank, you're gonna black out. Like a lot of guys, everything happens so fast. Like you're just like. You know, oh, you go out there. The whole time. Yeah, exactly. Just and then dripping. you get off on the picket man or get bucked off, whatever. And it's like, what the heck just happened? Like, I do not remember any of that, you know. And then when you get to a certain point where you can kind of think, not necessarily think through it, but you, you can see everything happening in front of you, you yeah. know. It just slows down way, way much more, I think. Yeah. To, and then you get to the point, like, we talked about a couple knots ago. It's all second nature. Yeah, exactly. You get to it, and then, yeah, it's all subconscious. What's that process like, getting everything to become just second nature? It's slow, for sure. Like, it just, long, long grind process, which, and everybody's different, you know, like, and I think, well, you get to a certain point, and it's just kind of, you go out there and get bucked off, you get bucked off, and you kind of, it might break an egg in some people, but other people, you know, it's like, Man, I, I I'm gonna figure this out. Like it can't be that hard. Like these guys go out there and do it, make it look easy, you know. And so I think you just do it enough times. It's like your body finally catches up and your mind catches up, and it's like okay, this is what you're doing. It's you know like and you quit thinking about it pretty yeah. much. Like like you said, second nature almost. Is there is that a lot of film time? Do you spend a lot of time sitting down watching old bucket? Uh, Bareback riding and stuff. I I used to. I don't do it as much anymore. Like as much as I should probably. Um, and I don't even necessarily watch videos of myself. I just watch old NFR tapes. Like I get on there and watch like early two thousands tapes or like go back and watch like twenty twelve, twenty fifteen, twenty nineteen stuff like that. We split a twenty four pack. Stayed up till six o'clock in the morning watching old NFR <laughs> tapes before. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That was back in them good old days. Back in in Tarleton, yeah. You come over and we just sit there. Oh yeah. Drink some beers and watch old NFR tapes. I did that a lot, believe it or not. Like yeah. I just I, I don't know. In uh, back to what Riley said, you know, like there were some nights like after, um, practice or whatever, them guys go out to the bars and like for me, like I go out to the bars every now and again, but I probably wasn't a regular like them other guys were. So I just go out and uh, I go home and you know go watch a film. Just yeah. go watch old NFR reruns and just think about bareback riding. Does that help you find a style that fit you better? I think so. And two, like I still try to tweak my style to this day. What like would you say your style is right now? Um, you know, could I, you boil it down to something specific? I guess I probably not. Like it kind of, I try to make it my style. Try to make my style fit the horse for what it does. You yeah. know, but like I couldn't just sit there and tell you I have a style. Well, like, you can sit there and watch some guys, especially like bull riders. Bull riders, bull riders probably more what I've paid more attention to, but you can watch some guys and it's like, they're, you can watch them every time they get on a bull. It's like the same thing every time. It's just fundamentals. Yeah. And, that, and that's what some it, of them are a little wild. Some of them go in, go in there and try to out-muscle one. You, straight up and down the entire time. They're not really riding front to back as much. It doesn't mm-hmm. look like. Yeah. And then that's the thing too is like you got some guys that yeah you try to outstout an animal. you ain't gonna outstout a dang bucking bull no, or a bucking no, horse no. you know and it and that all comes off technique you know and then, and starting out like you kind of don't really have any technique at all you're just trying to figure out the basics but once you get the basics figured out then you can kind of tweak your riding style to fit how you want it to you know I've had fun watching y'all y'all are a hell of a lot different riders than y'all were when we first started hanging out. Yeah, absolutely. No, you're 100 you know, percent right. Full on professionals. I mean, we get on PRCA, look up stats, see, check up on y'all, see all y'all's numbers and stuff. When we're in college, it's like, well, 
You were talking this about... This six week in a row, I've been bucked off. <laughs> <laughs> you were talking about um, you know, your style, like, trying to fit the horse for what it does. Um, is that something that like, you think you'll eventually like, get get past, or is that something you're trying to stay with? Because you think about it, like, if you do everything perfect, every horse is going to fit you. Yeah, and that's exactly it. Like you got to make every horse fit your style. Or not make every horse fit your style, but make your style fit every horse. Because every horse is different. Like you got some horses that will go out there, bail in the air really high, get all this hang time and kick. And it's like then you can really just Expose get all the ex- yeah really get all the exposure in the world you know and straight leg them pretty much and you know versus you get on like an eighteen point horse that goes out there and is low to the ground and choppy yeah really short you kind of have to you can't get near as much exposure it's just up and down you know but right now like you know where where your levels at your style like what what horses fits you the best like what horses do you like you like like, far, like for, not only like their bucking style but like the way they're built like you like them short stocky horses or I, tall lanky horses i really just like i me personally i like big horses like big filled out horses like versus you should go to some rodeos you draw like a 900 pound horse and it's like god dang you know it's like i'm kind of a bigger guy so that might play into it a little bit you know but I I can tell you nine times out of ten like smaller horses like it seems like they when they buck it feels like it's a lot harder than something that's big you know and doesn't float in the air as much like look at Colin Pickett's pin of horses for example like he has a bunch of large farm animals large and then they <laughs> they usually will bail up in the air and get a lot of hang time and kick and it's like wow that sucker weighed fifteen hundred pounds but like felt like a big marshmallow versus you go to you know, rodeo in Florida where all their horses weigh 900 pounds and you get on them and it feels like a dang jackhammer, you know? <laughs> but, <laughs> or go ahead. Well, I saying like for my style, I like big horses that like to hang in the air and float just because I, that fits my style. And like, I need, you know, there's some stuff I need to tweak in it just to fit like them small horses that are lower to the ground and you can't get as much exposure. You can't rip them all the way to the handle. You know, you just kind of short stroke them and just beat them to the front end and that takes all the power away from them. Yeah, and like I said, like if you're on the you know the bigger horses where you can get that exposure, that's first off going to up your score. Yeah, make, exactly. make more money. Exactly, yeah, it looks cool, and you know. They'll, they'll and sometimes them. you get on those and you get off, and you're like, man, like I didn't really feel like I had to do a whole lot, you know. Versus getting on one that kind of makes you work for it a little bit. It's like, man, I should be quite a few points, and then they say the score, and it's like, drop your old head and just walk back to the bucking shoots, feel a little defeated. All right, so while we're talking about you know big filled out horses that hang in there let's let's go ahead and talk about the the one the big old gray the big gray virgil um 87 and a half or 88 88 88 uh, 88 i think they announced on the cowboy channel it's 87 and a half but i think once they checked the sheets they fixed it later yeah. but regardless um you know arguably if not the greatest bucking horse of all time hall of fame bucking horse hall of fame bucking horse and you know like I mean, say that bucked that horse another two or three years or whatever. It doesn't matter. There's a there's a certain amount of people that got you know the opportunity yeah. to ever run their hand in the rigging on that horse. You're one of them. What's yeah. that like? No, man, I'm just really blessed and lucky. Like by the grace of God, I drew that horse. Like, and I honestly didn't even expect it because they had that horse in the bronc riding the whole past year. So I was the first guy to crack him back out in the bareback riding after he went to the finals in the bronc riding. You know, and so. I mean, and we talked about this maybe a couple of days ago, but, like, I got my callbacks for Red Bluff, you know, in 2021, and um, uh, Cole Franks had actually sent me a screenshot of it and said, it said F13 Virgil, and I was like, you're messing with me. Like, I was like, what? Like, he screenshotted that and copy-pasted it. Like, it ain't no way. And he's like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm dead serious. And then I checked, and sure enough, F13 right there. And like I said, it just, I was kind of nervous at first because I was like, man, this is a bucking horse of the year. Like, you 
you nod your head on this horse and you're 90. You know, like everybody that's rode this horse has been a pile of points on him. Yeah. He just has that reputation. And then I kind of came to the realization, like, this horse is going to go out there and buck and do his job. You just go out there and do what you know how to do. Just, you know, ride ride your ass off pretty much. Yeah. So what was it like, um, you said you were nervous getting on, but then obviously it's, it wasn't probably nervous. It's probably excitement. Yeah, you and know, it makes you like, excited. But also the pressure deal of like, man, like, here's like, you know, one of, if not the greatest opportunity yeah. I've had to this date, you know. Yeah. It's a big rodeo, Red yeah. Bluff, California. Yeah. Like, I ain't, ain't no... <laughs> Ain't no four or five thousand dollar added little deal, you know. It's kind of big out, so, you know, California rodeo it sets you up in standings. Mm-hmm. Had the opportunity to go do yeah, something, yeah, exactly. Know, and, and then you did it. So yeah. afterwards, after you go and make a cut out on the big gray, like you know, what was the feeling after? Like afterwards, I just felt like I conquered the dragon. You know, I was like, you know, and it, it, it's it was kind of bittersweet, I guess, because it's like you put in all that work, and it's like, heck yeah, you did it. You know, you you got the callbacks like you, you drew the right horse and you capitalized like you did everything in your power you could to make it the best so what was bitter about it the bittersweet part what was bitter about that i guess nothing was bitter about it yeah. i guess i guess i misspoke <laughs> well, excuse me i misspoke i wouldn't say <laughs> bitter, bittersweet it I guess. Like I an amazing day it was it really was you know yeah, it, it was an afternoon per sunny california it, so um flew into sacramento that morning had a buddy pick me up from the airport and it rained on us all the way from sacramento to red bluff and we hung out in the pickup for a little bit just bsing and it had rained and then like probably an hour and a half before the rodeo it quit raining and then we take our stuff behind the buck and shoot the sun comes out and it's beautiful it's a nice day like just nice not super humid not super hot and uh you see that old gray horse back there in the old back pen just bigger than everything else just standing there and it's like man he's the real deal like looking at him that sucker is all there and you know run him in sun shining strap my rigging on him and then crawl over top of him and uh nod my head and then everything after that was just kind of a blur like until i guess it's history yeah exactly right i guess until about the fifth jump i was riding him and i was like Man, he feels pretty dang good. Like he's not near as strong as I was expecting. Well, you're riding him right though. I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure. If I'm you, sure if you stub sure a toe, get, yeah, you yeah. get a lot of time with that big son buck. I'm sure he's gonna feel a lot heavier. Yeah, but like I said he rode him really yeah. well. <clears throat> Made up for that. So uh, you know, you knocked down. Did you get off knowing that you'd won? You're like, it's gonna be tough for anybody to beat that. I mean, yeah, in my mind, yes. And yeah. I'm not trying to make that sound cocky no, or conceited, but I was just like, it, it just. I mean. That's probably the in my mind the best feeling ride I've ever made. And that sucker was bucking like I could tell, you know, even like and I tried to spur him after the whistle cuz I was like I don't want to double grab cuz this is so much fun and two I dang sure didn't want him to pile me up right there in the fence. <laughs> Get balled up right <laughs> yeah, there. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I just rode him until I saw the pickup men come in and I was like, "All right, he'll pop the old flank. He'll take off running." So there are any other like big time cuz there's, you know, I'd say what probably 10 horses going right now that like they're just wow, yeah. You know, and you, and you can list them, but like, are there any other like you know big matchups that you're really wanting to? You know, like see uh, your name next to pretty quick. Gunfire. He's he's one that stands out to me just because of what they've been on that horse, and just he's another one that's just huge, just a big buckskin, just a cool looking horse. And like every time, you, like most places, every time somebody draws that horse, they win on him. Well, yeah, they, they've won San Antonio on that horse. Yeah, yeah, they won San Antonio. They yeah. won the American on him twice. Yeah, they won Guyman on him this past weekend. Like it's pretty much everywhere that horse is bucked, they win on. Him, you know. Nice. So well, you do have like a hit list of horses that you're trying to get. Oh yeah, I call it my bucker list. Yeah, not, not a bucket list, the bucker list. Nice. I like, I like that. that. I've never heard that. And I actually, I guess I got to give Cody Lamb a shout out on that one because he has his bucker list, and I kind of stole that from him. I'm like, I like that bucker list. You yeah, know? It, it's fitting. 
I've never heard that before. So what's who uh, top five? Let's say on top your, five bucket list. Uh, Gunfire is probably number one. Um, I'd say Nightcrawler of Pickets is up there too. Top notch of Pickets. Nightcrawler is that the um, the black blaze face thing? He's a bay horse. Bay horse. Yeah. Is there a black blaze face that Pickets got? I think maybe some white stalks. Good sucker. I'm sure they do. I just can't think of him right now. He's not on the bucket list. No. He ain't on the bucket list. Don't Where's Pickets on your bucket list? Oh, I'd number. I mean. Probably, that's one. Yeah, that's damn, damn sure number one. Uh, gunfire would be, just because like getting on that horse again would just be awesome, you know. Yeah. And it was kind of funny last year in St. Paul. Whenever I had my neck deal flare up on me, uh, Tim Murphy guy I was traveling with, he drew Virgil in St. Paul, and I was like, man, I was two away from that sucker. I was like, you, you lucky dog, but I could have drawn him again in St. Paul, you know. How do you end up doing on? I can't remember to be honest with you. I don't. I just yeah. that, the rest of that day was a blur for me. After <laughs> yeah. after what happened, I just I just wanted to forget all about it. You yeah. Know? Yes. No, yeah. So so who else is on the the bucket bucker list? list? Um, you know, like I said earlier, gunfire top notch. Virgil's Dankshire on there, but I got a special place for old Good Time Charlie, a Pete Cars. He uh, the first horse I was probably I think I was over eighty five points on ever was him um and that horse has been in the tv pin at the finals i don't know i think they said 15 times uh horse is 20 years old this year but still you know one of the best horses to get on like he's dang sure maybe lost a step but um he's also 15 years old yeah he is old uh but still good you know i think I, I drew that horse in weatherford in 2021 and was 88 and a half on him but he's got a special place in my heart that, that i remember that horse and i remember i i uh I got off him and had some mane in morale, so I kept that mane. I put it in a little Ziploc bag and wrote, Good time, Charlie. That's 20, cool. 21. Yeah, that's cool, dude. One day, like, man cave, have it on the wall. Yeah, frame exactly. It or That'd exactly. Be cool. yeah. Like, yeah. The same deal with Virgil. Like, there's only so many people that are going like, to have an opportunity to get on this horse, make a good ride on this horse. And, like, good time, Charlie. He's another Hall of Fame horse. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Who do you think's got the best set of horses going down the road? The best the set, uh, I would say Cullen Pickett for sure. Because favorite, like those are your favorite horses to get on. Yeah, and just because his pin's so even, you show up to a Cullen Pickett rodeo and you know they're all big bay horses. Maybe he might have paint in there, but they're all going to buck, and everybody's got a chance to win. You know, that's what I seen. I forgot where it was. It was somewhere over there, just east of thirty-five in East Texas. But either way, um, it was like fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars at a rodeo. The rodeo, but it was like. And that far horses out. Yeah. Like was that. it Buffalo, Texas? Maybe I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They got it in September. Yeah, at yeah. the end of September. Yeah, yeah. Buffalo. And I think it was actually counted towards the new year. It was mm-hmm. that late. But yeah, I saw that and I was like, "This is like, I mean, of course, there ain't much money added, but this is ridiculous." Yeah, like, like for circuit guys that don't go north, you know, and said like, if you're gonna enter a picket rodeo, that's the one to go to because he's trying to get all them horses butt for the end of the year. You know, get some more outs on him. Like, so he'll bring some good stuff to that one. It dang sure was. Like I said, I seen it, and it was like this is like NFR caliber bay record I'm watching right now. Like, yeah. This is stuff you see at the finals. Yeah, and because it, it was, it was um, a bunch of good cowboys there too. So it wasn't like you know it was just like no name guys getting on. I'm like no, it was it was very impressive. Colton's got a good set of bulls too. Yeah, he does. Um, what's the relationship between him and Sparky? How does that go? He's about? his son-in-law. son-in-law. He married Sparky's daughter. Okay, All right. I knew they were related a little bit. What do you think, of Sparky's? Horses. He's got a really good pin of horses too. With like, all the bugs, bugs, foals. Yeah, bugs. He's got Beyond Bugs, Bugs Bunny, uh, just a bunch of bugs. <laughs> but straight jacket, jacket, jacket. You know, the night jacket was his lead sire. Which Cullen's got a bunch of those night jacket horses too. Well, he just had one. I think it was the sire of all them bugs stuff or whatever. What they call that one? 
The original was it Bugs Bunny? The original? I can't remember. To be honest. Either way, that horse just passed away. They had a tribute. We were in me and Strand were in somewhere somewhere Montana, and um, it was like that horse had died the year before, and they said like like every horse out in that perf was like a sire or a foal to it. Yeah, and like it was it was pretty cool to see. Yeah. A lot of them are kind of young. Probably should have been there this year. Yeah, they're a little, little, little culty. But know? it was still cool <laughs> just to see you know, like a horse and like the lineage behind it. Yeah, and the, and the breeding, you know, has gotten so much better in the horse world, especially. Yeah. Well, that's why I think exclusive genetics took off in the bulls in like oh yeah. seven oh eight. Right. And then you know that took off, and then they're like, holy cow! Like we like really emphasized the breeding and genetics on this, you know, and then somebody, I guess, whoever had the genius idea, was like, hey, we can do that with horses too. Yeah, exactly. And, and they, they did. The, the it didn't take them long oh, to catch Oh, it fell behind bulls yeah. like that far? A couple of years at least? Well, I mean, no, I'm not saying like there weren't buckers the whole time, but it's like, I guess like the breeding really took yeah, an emphasis, yeah, you know? Yeah, it did. And two, like... Because I mean, it didn't take long with the horses. They caught up to the bulls really quick because now, like, you can't ask much more out of some of these horses. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, Brack and you and I talked the other day about, like, what it takes to raise bucking horses versus bucking bulls. Like, bulls, you put them in a feedlot, dry lot situation, pour grain to them, you know? Yeah. Horses, you gotta have some ground. Turn them out on some pasture. You know, you can't put them in a feedlot setting. That just don't work. They need pasture. They need to stretch out stuff like that. Exactly. They need to be a horse. Need room to grow. Yeah, it'd be a horse. You know, yeah. feeds uh, like. You got They also have a lot sensitive or stomachs yeah. than bulls. Yeah, they do. And you can't just pour grain to them. You yeah, know? you so gotta I, have them on some sort of hay, grass. You yeah. know. So like I said, they might not be able to take that high, that high. I don't know what you call it. Concentrate. Like, concentrate protein, whatever you call it. But that feed they got some of the bulls on like. Bovine shouldn't look that way sometimes. <laughs> it's big, strong. Seems unnatural almost. Yeah. yeah. Could you get? I've asked like a couple be a pro guys. Ride? Well, and see, that's the thing is like no matter. I mean, yeah, granted, you take steroids. Yeah, sure, it would make you a better athlete, but it it doesn't matter how athletic you are. Like, there's guys that are gangly looking. It's like, how the heck can that guy go out there and spur a bucking horse? Kai Hamilton. Yeah. Tall, yeah. lanky, doesn't yeah. look that athletic, and rides bulls phenomenal. No kidding. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, the steroids do. I talked to, um, I was talking to Brad Bettis. He's a physical therapist in Comanche. That's where I go for my PT and mm-hmm. stuff. And um, I was talking to him. I was going through it. You know, I was on, you know, kind of a cold spell. Wasn't doing no good. And I was like, man, I got to change. I was, like, I was like, shit, Brad. I was like, do I need to get on steroids? I was like, <laughs> you know, like, obviously that's not good. It's not ideal. But I was like, man, if it helped me ride bulls better, I'm not scared. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, he was like, <laughs> anything to give you an edge. He told yeah. me, he told me, like, no, no. He's like, you don't want to do that. And uh, we got to talking about it. He said it. Um, it makes your tendons kind of weak, you know. It, it put it compromises your tendons, right? Yeah. And you know, while yeah, you might have a big muscle that will help you, you're putting that much strain on weakened tendons and like especially rough stock, you know, like yeah, from you, your knees, to elbows, all the like your main joints, like you're putting them in a bind, mm-hmm. and you kind of need some stout tendons. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, I, and that's what we're talking about. He's like, no, you don't want to do that because if you weaken those tendons with bigger muscles, like it's not going to last. Yeah, yeah you, you, exactly. might, you, might, you might do better for you know three weeks while you're on it, but like you said, those tendons start wearing down. So so yeah. overall, he longevity said wise. Yeah. Overall, so what is it? What it, what's if it's not steroids and being physically fit? What is it that makes you such a better rider? I mean, is it that mental game? Yeah, dude, it mental is, game. It, like we've been talking this whole like since you know Sunday since the since the rehearsal since the rehearsal dinner. Like, yeah, yeah we've been talking three days now. Yeah, it's it's all between your ears. You yeah, know? like how'd you get that that edge mentally? What'd you do? Man, and I still struggle with it to this day. Like How do you I build that? and I don't and I think, you know, everybody that's an athlete at an elite level or a high level a professional athlete, you know, whatever sport, you deal with mental struggles. And mm-hmm. you know, and um, 
what like that three months I was hurt, like I took some time and I did a lot of mental training, yeah. quote unquote, I guess. I just read some books, you know, like I read, read David Goggins' book that can't hurt me, um, mm-hmm. you know. And um, Do you feel like that ties into rodeo or ties into just your personal development? Both, I would yeah. say, you know. But, you know, it, it goes back to like your self-image, you know. Then they always say the three things, like conscious, self, subconscious, self-image. You know, that's what makes you who you are and controls what you do while you're on the back of said animal. Bull, bareback horse, saddle bronc horse, whatever it may be, yeah. you know. You open up your own possibilities for yourself. Exactly, exactly. What do you think you're capable of? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like, what do you, you know? What are you capable of? What are? Why are you not doing what you want to do? And it's because you've set these limitations for yourself beforehand, not intentionally, but just by, um, you know, what's going on around you. You know, and then that's, you know, that's what makes you who you are. But you how you talk to yourself. It, yeah, brain. and that's exactly it. And you can change the way that you know. You can dang sure change your mindset and um, change the way you think about stuff and your outlook on things, and be able to change your writing. You know, and not even have to worry about necessarily. I don't go to the gym and change it. I don't, get, you know, because you ask guys, it's like, I don't work out. I don't get on practice horses. Really? It's like, well, what makes it's like it's all up here, you yeah. know? Yeah. It's all you talk to yourself. Well, it's like you, know, you, like you said, you're on the spur board working out and everything. And with uh, you know the right mentality, you're not going to change the way you ride the spur board. You're not going to change your workouts, but like you literally change your mentality and you'll ride horses better. Mm-hmm. You're like, whoa, that's nothing physical. Well, it, it translates directly. It does. You know? Yeah, it does. So, what are you telling yourself before you get on one? Like, so I try to keep it simple. Like, you know, verse. And you could ask me like what I used to think about first starting out versus what I think about now. Like mm-hmm. when I first started out, it was like you got to lift, you got to mark them out. You know, like all these things are going through your mind, and then by the time you, you nod your head, it's just like, what the heck just happened? And I think that's what goes to the blackouts. You know, you're just trying to think oh too much, just overstimulated. But now um, I tell myself, you know, strong mark out, fast feet. That's all I tell myself because. One, you got to have a strong workout, and then fast feet, like, it is what it is. But, you, I mean, I say that while I'm standing on the back of the buck and shoot. But by the time I'm running my hand in, I'm just telling myself to breathe, so that way I don't run out of oxygen. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. Just, well, that's what we were talking about the other day, is, and, um, you know, like your conscious mind can only think about one thing at a time. Sorry, folks, we had to take a pause. That mower, he was mowing right out back, and it was, <laughs> it was getting a little, a little loud. It was getting loud. a little loud. Spark got blown up. Yeah. But anyway, so we were going into the middle game, and... Um, Kind of some books you know that you can read, and it's they call them self help books, you know. But yeah, I like I, I, it, it, looking at it from that perspective, it's like oh, you know, self help don't sound very cool, right? You know, Which I, and I mean, I feel I like it's just, a, I mean, it kind of is self development. It guess, is, it I mean, is like it's just honing your craft. Because yeah. I mean, think about it: rough stock, any rodeo event is, you know, that it's physical, but it's also I would say it's mostly mental. Because like a lot of times, you know, you can beat yourself before you even show up to the rodeo. Yeah, I've, I've said it before, and I'm sure I'll say it again many times, but just Ross said, I rephrase it, reiterate, but he said, you know, um, bull rider 90% mental, 10% physical, but, you know, you do have to be in bull rider shape, and if, you you're, not, if you're not in riding shape, that'll be, you know, 90% of your problem. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, as far as, you know, getting in shape, getting on practice bulls or practice stock, you know, like, it's important, but once you learn your fundamentals and basics, like, now it's time to wear, like, because there's a lot of guys that know the basics, but you look at the elite guys, they have, a, they have an edge on the mental game, oh, the yeah. mental side of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's that's what separates the elite from the not elite. It's just the mental side of it, you know, just figuring that out. And that, too, comes with time of being in the sport and being, you know, 
what have you, you know, because, and there's a lot of factors that play into it, because your mind, you know, like, stuff you think about that you have no control over, it's like, well, why even give it a second thought? You have no control over it, so it's like, why let it ruin your day or make a factor into your decision, you yeah. know? So something I asked um, Josh on our last podcast is, and like, I'm going to ask you now, what's, like, your mental regiment, routine, when you get to rodeo from the time after you show up from stretching to putting your rig on to nod like what's your routine and what do you go through kind of so i try to do everything the same just so that way it's nothing out of the ordinary for me so it just doesn't too not too much stimulation which every now and again like yeah something you know you show up a little later than you want to so you can have to tweak it but it's like you try to do everything the same so that way it's not out of the ordinary and it's, you do it's second nature to you you do oh, it in a so walk us through like like you show up okay like, like so, you get there an hour before hour and i try to get there an hour and a half before set just so that way i got plenty of time set my bag down bs with the guys shoot the, you know shooting the bull with my buddies <laughs> do that and hang out you know and i'll take my glove rosin it up run my hand in my rig and make sure everything feels good if i need to take a shim out put a shim in depending on temperature humidity like where i'm at like you go to florida it's humid down there might have to put a shim in hand don't want to go in too good versus you go somewhere up northwest it's cold that old glove shrinks a little bit you know that old leather so it's like you gotta take some shims out put some tape in the front whatever but i'll do that um you know and then stretch get loosened up and then you know i try tape you know put my boots on boot tie spurs get everything ready and then about 30 minutes before start taping up taping your arm yeah start taping my arm and then once i tape my arm um after i tape you know get ready and then that by that time i'm done taping usually they're fixing load horses or loading horses and then at that time you kind of quit thinking like i quit thinking about stuff like I try not to just because you can talk yourself out of a lot of things at that point and at that point it's, you're there to have fun like you go to a rodeo to have fun not to think about what you need to do you should put in the work during the week and know that you are prepared mentally and physically for the task at hand and what's about to happen it's kind of like the, the skills you show up with is is what you got you ain't gonna learn something like we said the other night you ain't gonna learn something new at the rodeo yeah. you know and if you do, it's a lot. To, if if you if you could, I guess it'd be a lot to process. And yeah, a lot exactly. to take in, in a short amount of time. Exactly, exactly. And is can. it just early on when you're learning, getting on, going to your first rodeos when you're learning stuff at the rodeo? After that, it's I wouldn't say necessarily learning at the rodeo, but it's a lot to take in. Like it's a, a lot of stimulation. Learning it's like processing stuff. Man, they're playing music. The you know the smells, the crowd, the the announcers getting ready. They're doing mic tests. They're dragging the arena. Like just. You take kind of take it all in, and you don't know what to expect. But once you've been there enough times, it's just you know it's like yeah, just another day at the office. Yeah, but when you're coming up first, you're just gripping the steering wheel, listening to hardcore metal. Yeah, exactly. You're like, <laughs> I'm I'm ready. I'm on I'm the way there. This yeah, exactly. <laughs> but now it's like, man, I listen to a lot of podcast driving rodeos. Like just yeah, that or like good feel good music. You know, just like upbeat stuff. It's like. Yeah. We're just going to have fun, just vibing. Just, it's a good time. Yeah, and that's exactly it, you know. Lawnmower's back. Lawnmower's back. back. <laughs> <laughs> ain't going to cut us no slack. That's for dang sure. The grass has got to get cut. Yeah. I know he's got a job to do, but, man. We're working. We're working right now. We're yeah. on the clock. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so when did you start seeing... Um, Drastic increases in your mental game. Drastic increases? But, you know, because like I said, like, I, I talked about earlier, like you know, when I was in Cisco, 
to when I was at Tarleton, your physical, like as far as in the arena, which it might have been a middle game too. I wasn't involved in that yeah, right, part of it. Right. But like I said, I you could see it, you know, playing out in the arena. Yeah. Way different for you in the yeah. span of you know. And I would from a, from a year's time, it yeah. was a totally different bareback yeah. rider. And I would say probably about that same time, like it might have made a difference, but really I think everything just happened so fast, like everything started clicking. And I wasn't really thinking about it. Like I was just going out there and doing it, just having fun living in the moment type of deal. But now, like once I had those three months off, you know, I started kind of getting more in touch with my mental game, like thinking about a lot more stuff. And like, granted, I'm older, I guess maybe that plays, like as you mature, you think about a lot more stuff. I don't know. But because uh, there was a while, like I would just, kind of overthink stuff sometimes I think you know and uh so like the three months I was hurt like I tried to read I, like I said I read that David Goggins book I read Mind Gym uh, I've heard of that whenever what do it, you think about it's Mind pretty Gym? good I, I liked it um it just it's a mental health book which and I granted oh. I've, I've read like recently I've probably read three books that were like um Darren Donnelly was the author and one was uh Think Like a Warrior that was one um a mental game winning the war within your mind was in another and I've then heard of that one too. the seven fears uh that de- you know that define yourself or victory something like that it was like faith over fear was that what that one talked about was, was that that kind of christian based book it was a little bit yeah for yeah. sure yeah That's and neat. it talked about like you know there's seven fears that everybody has inside of them and it's like you kind of have to decide whether you're going to let the fear take over you or you're whether you're going to put your faith in god and let that nice. you know yeah, lead you. yeah yeah i like that that's cool yeah so what do you? What's your kind of like relationship like with the Lord and in, in, in relation to your bareback riding? Yeah, I guess. you, you know, know like what do you I, expect from Him? What do you hope from Him? You know, I'm probably not a good good of a Christian as I should be. Like I go to church on Sundays, you know, and I try to read the Bible when I can. But um, like I a lot, you know, I would say I pray a lot. Like before I get on every time, I pray just and I'm not not praying to win, just praying to do my best and keep me safe. Like that's the main thing I think because nice. if. You know, and uh, there's a quote that I've heard. I can't remember who said it, but it's like you do your best and let God do the rest. You know, and like that's that. all you can do. You know, because He's in control. He's got control of everything, and He's got control of the outcome. You just take care of the process and go out there and do yeah. your thing. Like, you know, you're putting in the work during the week, and uh, you go to the rodeo to have fun. If it's in the cards to win, you win. If not, then He's got a plan for you. Do you think that calms your nerves a little bit? I think so. Yeah, yeah for sure. Absolutely. Because there's a higher up. power up there that has control over everything, and you're just going through the process. Now it's just up to you to do your thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all that exactly. practice you've been all spare board time. Exactly. Come God up. put God put that horse by your name for a reason. You yeah. Know? He's not going to give you more than you can handle. So it's like there's a reason he thinks you can ride that said horse on that day. How much how, would you say that you proved that to yourself a little bit by getting on Virgil that day? Yeah. No, I would say that for sure. You know, is that one of those points where you're like, yes, yeah, yeah, and I can't, and I'm I can't, and I can't this. take credit for the draw or anything like that because I have no control over it I feel like there's no. God he's the one that's in control and he let that horse on that you know for whatever reason that draw be by my name on that day heck yeah it's going to keep happening oh yeah you're going to keep getting on horses it's going to keep happening yeah that's getting into the power of positive thinking <laughs> Hell yeah. law of attraction yeah you're dang right is that um, what's the kind of like do you have um, like when you set your goals and stuff do you set kind of like a time frame on you know like what you want to accomplish and win or is it just like hey I have my end goals, and I don't care if it takes 50 years or six months, I want to get to that yeah. point. I don't necessarily have a time frame on them just because it's like when you set a time frame for yourself, you're kind of constrained. You're like, if you don't accomplish it in that time... It introduces pressure to the exa- Exactly. So cool. it's like I set this goal like, okay, I'm going to qualify for the NFR. You know, and whether that be this year or three years from now, 
then so be it. I made it. I accomplished that goal. Yeah, we'll talk about – we talked about the other night. Uh, talking about when failure happens. You know, if you didn't fail nothing. It's a, if you – it's yeah. not like you hadn't – you just hadn't accomplished it yet. Yeah, exactly. And you only fail if you quit. Like, if you don't uh, quit, you're, quote. you're still in it. You're still doing it. You're just working towards that goal still. It just isn't a setback, you know. And just go back to the old drawing board. Heck yeah. Reevaluate some stuff. Just haven't ha- hadn't happened yet. Yeah, yeah, and that's exactly right. That's right. All right, boys. Well, we've been going for a little over an hour. Um, we're going to wrap things up pretty quick before we go. Any final questions for Bodie? Man, dude, no, we've been talking it up. <laughs> Bodie Lambert, he's after it. He's in it to win it. I'm excited to watch him. I keep up with Bodie a lot. Vicariously, usually through Riley Harris. Riley Harris kind of keeps the group tied together. <laughs> I usually have to call Riley, ask how Bodie's doing. Because you seen him on the phone earlier, how he answers the phone. I, I see Bodie. Hey, <laughs> so I, you got to call Riley. It, that's right. Depends on who's calling me. Depends on that's, who's it calling. It depends on who's calling. If old Bracken calls me, I'm like, oh, heck, I ain't talking to Bracken get in a while. I, exactly. I try not to overstay my welcome. So what's um? You're dang right. So where like where's um where are you going next? Kind of like where can people keep up with you? In? So I guess next week will be circuit rodeo. Pretty much month of May will be circuit rodeo down in Texas, and then uh, June we're gonna start kind of branching out a little bit, go to Arkansas a little bit, go up to the rigging rally in Montana, and then um, they'll have like some extreme bareback bronc riding. We'll have one in Fallon, Nevada, and then Reno will start in Nevada, and then once that the summer kind of kicks off we're just going north full chaos at that point. dang oh, right kind of anywhere and everywhere just the planes trains automobiles type of deal dude i'm pumped for you well, thank i'm very you. excited yeah no I'm very it's, excited it's, for this, this is an exciting time i, I think you between know. here and october it's gonna be a good time yeah for sure and then you guys can find him Bodie, on facebook and um, his instagram is lamb or hammer or just you know, Instagram, Facebook, Google, whatever you're going to do. Google, Google Buddy Lambers, you'll find me. <laughs> and um, just stay tuned into the Cowboy Channel. Anybody want to shout out? Uh, yeah, actually, I'd like to shout out my sponsors. Uh, you know, Rodeo Ranch, Apparel, Western, you know, Lifestyle. They're kind of on the come up. They've got some pretty cool stuff, actually. Wearing a Rodeo Ranch shirt right now. Got the oh, yeah. old Marlboro Cowboy on him. That's a sick shirt, dude. I need to get one of those. <laughs> Heck, I can get you one. I know Dude, exactly where you get it. Oh, no, no. Give your sponsor some money. Make him buy it. I'll buy it. I'll buy it. I'll spon- I, if it, anybody's giving my buddy, buddy Bodie, some money, I'll, I'll support them. Yeah. Rodeo Ranch, Tez's Frio. They're uh, another, you know, kind of, they sell hats and stuff. Nice. Um, that was the company my buddy started, uh, I guess, a couple years ago. And then Peak Performance Equine Hospital. That's my nice. dad's vet clinic. So they've been with me since day one. So that's that's the OG. That's, that's the home team. That's the home team for sure. Yeah. Sick but animals. Yeah. Peak performance. Fix them up. Exactly. If anybody, and they got small animal too, so you got a dog or a cat out there need looked at. Get they'll your, do get it. Get your animal spayed and neutered. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We're good. Um, that's it for another episode of Shooting the Bull. Thanks for joining us.